Hello, everybody. Welcome to Masterclass episode 203. My name is Cam Brennan, and I am joined by my longtime co-host, the one and only David Hogue. What's up, Dave? Hello. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm good. Um, Olivia's home from college, so we got to spend some time with her, and... We have less than a week left of school, so I'm ready for summer. Uh, yeah, I can hear you. I totally forgot that she'd be over the summer. <laughs> Just slipped my mind. Yeah, she's actually doing an internship uh, in Memphis. Oh, so she's this not summer. for long. No. Nope. Memphis, Tennessee for uh, the whole summer? Yeah, pretty wow. much. I hope she's ready to sweat. <laughs> I, you know, I think she's ready for that ne next ad adventure, next opportunity to, to learn. So yeah, well, good for her. Yeah. Which is really funny because she's getting her master's in social work and, um, I don't even know if we said anything on here or not, but I retired from law enforcement last summer mm -hmm. and the things that I keep being drawn to, the jobs that I keep looking at, essentially are social work. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I have to laugh at that because clearly in her wisdom of being 30 years younger than me, she knows better what she's designed to do than I do because we have very similar wiring. And uh, so, yeah. Anyway. Well, exciting new chapters for both of you, potentially. Potentially, yeah. So does she graduate? Yep. No, she's she she's uh, she's officially a senior now. Okay, she's that's done. what I thought. I thought she had one year left. Okay. So very cool. Yep. So it's just, um, yeah. I don't know. Um, life is very interesting, and um. I, I don't know. It just, um, I know we, we talked about this when we were discussing Hebrews, but the, the, the concept of eternity and where you're going to spend eternity, um, I, I don't want to say it's been weighing on me, but just, just, well, maybe weighing on me is, is a fair thing to say, cause I think it should weigh on us, but, um, yeah, there's there's definitely been a, a perspective for me of just I feel fortunate to have reached this stage of my life and then have an opportunity to um I don't know, revisit some of the things that I've always desired to do and and um to pursue those opportunities. So God is good. Indeed he is. All right, well, so we pulled a fast one. On our listeners. Because <laughs> at the end of yeah. last episode, we're like, we're going to read a book instead of the Bible. It's a book about the Bible, right? It's Bible adjacent. We just wanted to mix it up a bit. And uh, we were talking about two books. We were talking about uh, The Expulsive Power of a New Affection by Chalmers and Hearing God by Dallas Willard. And we decided, you know what? We're going to go with Chalmers. And I was not looking at the physical copy of the book when we made this decision. I was looking at my ebook library. It's like, you know, and I bought it like a year and a half ago and haven't read it. So I forgot its size physically. 
And so like a day or two after the show, I sent Dave a picture of the book in my hand. And <laughs> it's like, <laughs> turns out it's not a book so much as it is a transcript of a sermon that he delivered in the 1800s. Yeah. And it's, it's like what, five, five inches by like maybe it's smaller four. than a five by three. New, yeah. Yeah. And, and so I sent Dave the picture of it just resting in my palm. And I was like, I, I think we might need to pick a new book. <laughs> so, um, if you bought it, did you, did you read it at all? Not yet. No, but I mean, it's short enough. I can knock it out in one sitting. It, it, uh, even with as short as it is, it, there's like, $10 words yeah. in every <laughs> sentence that I was like, I don't even know what this means. Cause he's definitely speaking older English. Oh well, yeah. He's, you know, 1800 Scotland. So he was yeah. fancy. I yeah. Say, he fancy. was very fancy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so even in that, I was like, I feel like it, it's a condensed book. And then when you really condense I kept thinking of like a zip file mm -hmm. and condensing it down. I'm like, he's, he's just using such elaborate, um, descriptive wording that I was like, this <laughs> it's like, it takes five sentences to get kind of like one little concept down. So anyway, yeah, I don't think there would have been a, it, 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 I, I think it's worthwhile read. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I don't know that there was a lot to discuss for a podcast. Yeah. So that being said, we have decided we are going to read Hearing God by Dallas Willard. And um, we'll have a link to the book in the show notes. It's not an affiliate link. We don't get any money if you click on it and buy the book. Like, it's just there so that you have access to see what it's about should you choose to read along with us. Again, no pressure. And again, we make no money if you click the link and buy stuff off of it. <laughs> uh, frankly, I'm too lazy to set up affiliate linking and it feels dirty for me to get some of your money on a book that you purchased because I recommended it. Yeah. It just feels weird. Um, not into it. Uh, not here for that. We're here for, uh, for good conversations and good times free for all indeed. So, all right. We we're going to talk about the preface though, right? Cause we, I read through the preface before starting reading chapter one and I was like, Holy Moses, there's, there's some really good stuff even here, just setting up the book. Um, and so Dave and I decided that it would be worth um, talking about that. So I guess since this is a new um, style uh, of episode for us, or I guess new different, I can't even talk, Dave. This, see, I'm, I'm so used to doing the show one way. How, how would you like <laughs> to proceed with talking about the book? Do you just want to work through it? beginning to end of preface or do you want to, is there certain points that you want to hit before we talk about others? Like we can do this however we want. And I realize we never talked about it. So we might as well talk about it on the show because people love this sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, so for me, I, I think I could spend the entire time discussing the first paragraph of the preface. Okay. And, and, and essentially it starts off with hearing God question mark. And uh, that in and of itself to me is enough to discuss. I mean, just the, the concept of hearing God, I, I mean, that is such a profound idea. And yet Dallas Willard kind of comes from the standpoint of 
we're created for that. We're designed for that. That's what we should be doing. And so there's just, just even in that for me, is this idea of, I mean, there, there is truly a ludicrous element to the idea that we can hear from the almighty God, the creator of the universe, that he speaks to us today. Mm-hmm. And then there's that paradox of, but that's who we are. That's who, what we should be doing. We should be talking with God. We should be hearing from God. And so uh, for me, <laughs> like I said, that in and of itself, I think could take us through a single podcast. And and obviously the remainder of the, of, of the preface kind of fleshes that out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, so yeah, the, for me, that's, that's, I think, um, my perspective on it. And I think where we should start. So then start there. We shall. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I'll throw it back at you a little bit and put you on the spot and just like, what are your thoughts on that concept well, of, of yeah, hearing so, from God? So there, like Dallas is a smart guy, like but categorically yes. he was intelligent. He was a, I always hate using the word outspoken Christian because it makes it sound like he's at the, one of the guys on the corner with the turn of burden signs. But what I mean by him being an outspoken Christian is that he was a philosophy professor at the university of Southern Carolina, <laughs> California, sorry. And it was known to everybody, faculty and staff and students that he was a Christian, an evangelical Christian teaching philosophy at a school with a department that would have laughed him out of the building for being a Christian, except for the fact that he was so smart and could hold his own in the field of philosophy long enough to be a professor of it his whole life. Yeah. So he was, so he, he did spend some time as a pastor, right? As, as a young adult Mm -hmm. and then ultimately found himself there. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I guess I bring it up to, to say I shouldn't be surprised that even in the preface, he's setting you up to think one thing and then comes back within the first paragraph to go, oh, but what about this idea? Like, he's very good at, like, hearing God. Like, that's a silly thing to say. Like, why why should we even presume that the God of the universe wants anything to do with us, you know, or it, conversationally, to have that sort of relationship? Uh, but then he says, what if we're made for it? What if the human system simply will not function properly without it? Exhibit A, the world. <laughs> Chaos, <laughs> right? Yes. I, I, I can see plenty of people uh, or human systems, as it were, not functioning properly without it, making rash decisions, evil, murderous, heinous, vile actions, human trafficking, like you name it, anything bad, and it's a failure of humanity. and. This is, this is the part where I get to, he's smart and he knows how to turn something on its head. Is it not, in fact, more presumptuous and dangerous to undertake human existence yeah. without hearing God? And I was like, man, Dallas, we're a paragraph in, dude, and you're already kind of like poking holes in people's arguments. <laughs> and I think that is the more interesting question. The, is it not in fact more presumptuous and dangerous to undertake human existence without hearing God? That to me is an interesting question because not many people would think to ask it that from that direction. Like it's the other side of the the coin of, you know, 
asking like, should we hear from God and why is hearing from God? Good. Well, well, let's take a look at the opposite. Like it seems like, cause it might sound like, Oh, I hear from God. Like it, it's a prideful thing or an ego thing. Like I'm, I'm so holy that I hear from God when, when it's like, no, the real pride and the real ego and the real hubris is deciding, you know what? I don't need to hear from God. I can do this on my own. Yeah, I'm going to go live better. life the way I want to live life. Cause I know what's best for me like the quintessential Western individualistic outlook on life is me, myself, I, 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 my body, you know, like whatever. And he's saying that's a ludicrous way to live a life in which to your point, you, we were designed to be in relationship with God, to have a back and forth relationship. That's why we were born in the garden. Adam and Eve were in the garden with God in proximity, mm -hmm. you know, in conversation. Yeah. And that's what we were made for. And so one of, one of, you know, the, the obvious markers of the system not functioning properly is sin, right? We just, we're broken if we aren't in that relationship. And even when we're in that relationship, we were so broken before we were in that relationship that it's constant triage. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and relapses in a sense to how we used to live. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it just is such a profound idea that we are designed from the, for that purpose to, to be in relationship with him. And, you know, even even going back to Dallas and, and, and what we talked about of just this idea of our life here is really kind of a, pre a preparation um, for an ongoing relationship. And just when you look at his life and how it just seemed like, especially as he got older and as he got near to death, that he had embraced that, you know, he was, he was longing for that. He was longing for that next sort of, um, more intimate, uh, deeper relationship of, of, um, deeper relationship with God. And so, um, yeah, it, it um, I think it's fairly obvious. We have a, 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 a tremendous amount of respect for Dallas Willard. Mm -hmm. And um, to me, he is just a concrete, a tangible example of somebody who, who pursued that and lived that. And, um, you know, I think even the example of the fact that he was a professor at a secular university and, and didn't teach a religion class per se, you know, and, and I think about how often, particularly as a young Christian or, um, as a Christian, um, beginning your professional life, you're, you, you can have that, um, well, I, I'll speak for me. I'll speak for me in quite a number of people that I've <laughs> done life with of just being in that stage and just, feeling like you have to do something that is, you know, well, uh, I say this in terms of like, 
you know, choosing a job that's, that is in ministry, choosing a job that is working for a church or a nonprofit or something that is specific towards, um, you know, where you work with people that have kind of that same mission, that same desire, that same purpose. And, um, he eventually came to a position of, like you said, um, working in a place that was potentially hostile. If, if if it was probably hostile, but because of who he was, he was able to navigate that. And so, um, it speaks to me that there's just an infinite number of careers, things that we can do with our life, that it doesn't have to be working in a church. It doesn't have to be uh, moving to Calcutta and working with the poor. And again, there's nothing implicitly, implicitly wrong with any of those things. We have to hear God. We have to know um, what we've been designed for and where we're supposed to be. And even in those, I think there's... Um, there's a degree of freedom in choosing those things and that um, we can do things that may on the surface not seem obvious as a place to, to uh, be in relationship with God, to uh, proclaim who he is and what he has to offer. Um, and, you know, I, I don't, it's, it's hindsight's 2020. So it's easy to be um, critical of yourself, critical of others where we maybe fall short in that. Um, but every career has that potential uh, for us to, to, to live that out. So um, I don't know if I've, I've landed where I wanted to, but yeah, I, I, I guess I just simply want to say our, our choices are infinite and that in hearing God, I don't believe that there is a, um, one choice that is absolutely right for us. And we have to do this one thing. And if we don't do that one thing, we're going to be miserable. We're going to be out of his will. I think there's a, a very wide swath that we can choose, um, how to live our life, how to pursue a career, how to have a family, how to do the things that we do, uh, that fall within his will. Yeah. And there's, I mean, I've, done this. You probably done this. Countless of people like we pray to God, we give us a, B or C tell us God, which, which is the right school, <laughs> which is the right job, which is the right, you know, car, what shirt should I wear today? You know, like down to like minuscule things. And, and there's a quote on page 11 that says, generally speaking, we are in God's will wherever we are. Le where, oh my gosh. Generally speaking, we are in God's will whenever we are leading the kind of life he wants for us. And that leaves a lot of room for initiative on our part, which is essential. Our individual initiatives are central to his will for us. And this brought back to me a memory of uh, my pastor ex explaining, you know, living within God's will, you know, because I was like trying to figure out what do, what do I go to school? Where do I go to school? What do I study? This, that, the other thing. And you can get so hung up on these, these individual choices and, and God not telling me do this, do that. Right. And he's like, look, picture it like a baseball field. As long as you're on the field and you're playing for the team, God is less concerned about whether you're playing left field or shortstop or catcher so much as you are participating in what the team, or in this case, the kingdom is doing. Are you there or in, in the field of play? And are you contributing to what God is doing in that case? Mm -hmm you have initiative, you have free will, you have a conscious mind to make decisions. Um, and that was ultimately pretty freeing because 
it, it, I don't have to, uh, you know, be as concerned with certain decisions so long as they align with what the Bible says is the right way to live, right? If, if, if my decision counters following Jesus, then I know that that's the decision outside of God's will, right? But if my focus is on, okay, what, what, what are the options? What are my motivations behind choosing each of the options? What are the pros? What are the cons? Do any of these fall outside of what someone who wants to follow Jesus well would do? If not, if they're all within that realm of, of you know, Christian living, then I can make a decision and mm-hmm. have the freedom to do so. And I, I think that really is a, a, a healthier uh, and more accurate view of living within God's will than the super, you know, confined, I can't make a decision unless God tells me what to do sort of approach, um, which most people don't live in every day, but they do when it comes to major decisions, marriage, college, work, location of living, you know, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, you definitely want to pray about those. Absolutely. You know, but God also gave us, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, I can't remember it, Dave. The ability to act on our own, essentially, there's a fancy word for it and it's, <laughs> it's failing me right now. <laughs> Agency. There we go. Agency. There you go. So, Anyways, yeah, I, I I underlined that one. A couple exclamation points next to it. Like, don't forget this, Cam, because you're going to forget it. Yes. So yeah, and, go. you know, so back to what you said um, in terms of making decisions. I mean, that's that's clearly one of the the primary focal points. And I think we'll, we'll expand on this a little bit. Uh, we'll expand on it as we go through this, but one of the, the easiest um, places to identify that is when we're making a decision, those things that you named. And the very second paragraph begins with among our loneliest moments is the decide is the time of decision and the need for guidance. And that just really resonated with me of uh-huh. just that, especially when you're making a major decision, what feels like a major decision uh, in the moment. Uh, Cause I look back on major, major decisions and I'm like, yeah, that was, <laughs> that wasn't such a big deal now that I've, I've lived a little bit longer, but in the, at the time it seemed like such a major deal. Um, it can be such a lonely, lonely moment. And when we are created, um, for intimacy with God, for a relationship with him. If we are making that decision on our own without seeking him, then to me, that really is kind of the, the definition of loneliness. We're by ourselves trying to make that decision. And there's just this invitation by God to just say, those decisions don't have to be lonely. They don't have to be, um, yours alone. You can seek me. I will give you guidance. I will give you wisdom. I will give you, you know, what you need, uh, to make that decision. And, um, 
yeah, just such a crazy, crazy concept for me when I really, really think about that, that God loves us enough that he desires to be a part of our decisions, that he desires to give us what is best for us. And, um, and, and even as those words roll off my tongue, the thought that ran through my brain is what's best for us is not always success. And so I don't want to fall into that trap either of just, we're always looking for God to tell us what to do because it's going to be easy. It means we're going to succeed. It means that, um, you know, everything is just going to happen the way it's supposed to. Sometimes that means that we choose things that are difficult, that are risky, that take us out of our comfort zone. And it's just so funny. I, as I say this stuff and knowing I have decisions, it's like, I, I need to listen to my own, <laughs> my own preaching here. You know, <laughs> I know it, but then in the moment, it's such a, it's not so easy. Yeah. Well, that's, isn't that the truth, right? When you're not emotionally attached to the scenario, you know, reason tends to prevail. So there's another quote on page 12, sort of changing the, the, the tenor here, but it says, certainly, I hope to be of some service to those who continue to think just in terms of doing what they are told to do. But for all the good that is in that attitude, it remains the attitude of the unprofitable servant. And it severely limits spiritual growth, unlike the possibilities of a life of free-hearted collaboration with Jesus and his friends in the kingdom of heaven. And so this is preceded a bit about preceded by a, a little discussion about, you know, doing God commandments and following, being very, uh, you know, focused on um, the do's and don'ts and, you know, that sort of stuff. But his point here is not that doing the right things and not doing the wrong things is, is a bad way to live. It's if you get caught up in the legalism you miss out on an entire part of what your life is supposed to be like. Like if, if you're like, if my relationship with my daughter was such that she did everything that I told her to do, but that was the extent of our relationship. She would be incredibly obedient and she would be good in the sense that she does what she's told and respects my authority. But if outside of her being obedient and respecting my authority, there is no love, there is no, you know, to the extent that there can be friendship between a father and a daughter that's appropriate as far as, you know, still like being a dad and being the authority and, and doing what's right for her. But if we can't laugh together, if we can't cry together, if we can't joke together or watch a show together or go play in the backyard together, if our relationship is strictly about her being obedient and respecting my authority, then... Yes, the relationship exists, but it is a shriveled up, nasty little prune of what could be a very, very fruitful and enjoyable experience for both folks. And so I think that that is such a uh, an interesting way that, that he puts it like, yeah, you're doing the right thing. But you're you're missing out and he put the possibilities of a life of free hearted collaboration with Jesus and his friends and like. There's so much more. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and that's what that that's what I'm after. I like more in in most things, and especially you know when it comes to um, growth in my own life, I know that I need more Jesus and more grace and more mercy and more of an ability to forgive myself for when I do screw up. Cause man, I enjoy beating myself up when I do stupid things. <laughs> um, and I, I need, I need more of a relationship with God so that I can start to see myself the way that he sees myself or he sees me. That would be the correct, <laughs> but I'm, you know, yeah, that just thinking of it that way, especially putting it in relationship to like me and my kid. Like, do I want her to do the right thing and listen? Of course I do. But do I want her to confide in me and to trust me and to love me and to goof around with me and to tell me silly jokes and to draw paintings for me? <laughs> yeah, I want all of that, you know? Yeah. Do I want her to yell at me when she's angry? Well, not really, but at least she feels like she can. You know what I mean? Like that she can come to me when she's angry or hurt or the dog bit her for the fifth time in the last 10 minutes, you know, like, and we can work through it. I want all of it. And I think we don't often think that God wants that sort of stuff from us. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm reading another book I mentioned to you off air, Dave, uh, called the praying life. I'll put a link to it in the show notes as well in case, you know, one book isn't enough for you right now. Um, And essentially it starts out with um, Jesus saying, you know, unless you're like a child in your faith, you're not going to see the kingdom of heaven. And so what does that mean? Well, kids just say anything. Just Oh, you're ugly, or you know that that person's a doo doo head, or you know I'm <laughs> like there. There's no filter, right? And they come to you with their excitement. They come to you with their frustration, like all of the emotions. They just they have them towards you at any given point, and it's never filtered, and it's never like considered like, well, if I do that, then this means that da da da. No, it's just they're just there, and they just you you just go right, and they just like that's why they can just play. For hours, just play. No rules, no no agenda. Just play, because that kids are just. I I honestly think we're all supposed to like. That's how we were originally built. I have no basis for this, right? But like, you never meet a kid that acts like an adult. We have to learn how to be an adult, and that usually means rules and processes and grumpiness and blah blah blah. And there's certain positives to that, right? But like our our base nature when we're born and as we grow up is just blah about everything (laughs) play. And so he, the whole point of this is like when we pray, we, we often feel like, especially like if we grew up in church or even if, if we grew up in church, we feel like we must be proper and we must like say Lord every three words or father every two words. And we have to quote scripture and, 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 you know, Christianese that and come with all these like rigid you know, uh, dry forced prayers, or if we didn't grow up in a church, we don't even know where to begin. How do I talk to God? Like this is, and his whole point at the very beginning of this book is like, look, just come to him like a kid, everything, all the good stuff, all the bad stuff. If you don't know how to say it, just, you know, like you just have to peel back the layers of 
um, you know, societal uh, correction, as it were. Uh, and you, we need to approach him like a child would approach a good father. And that means yes. just bring it all. He can handle it. Bring the sloppiness, bring the boogers, bring the tears, like the wet paint, like just all of the, the stuff that, a, that, that a kid would do in communicating with a parent. We do it that with God. And that means we don't have to be buttoned up. We don't have to have a theology degree. We don't have to, you know, know all of scripture so that we, at a whim we can quote Jeremiah 12, 14 to uh, God to prove that we know, like, no, just show up and just bring what you've got. And what you've got might be junk or it might be great. He's not going to judge what you bring, but just talk, listen, yeah. just start the process don't be concerned about if you're going to get scored at the end of your prayer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I have so many things. It's just funny. This is, this, we're going to take forever to get through this. <laughs> we're just at the preface. Um, so um, on a practical note, the last quote that you gave that you said was on page 12 uh-huh. Was actually on page fourteen of my book. Show your so, show your copy. Oh, I yeah, I just sorry, I must. So so this is a copy that I literally just got this one off of Amazon this week uh-huh. uh, because we moved and I either have it po- uh, packed away in a box somewhere or I gave it away. So I just bought. This is like what you can get off of Amazon right now. Okay. <laughs> is, is is what that yeah, looks mine's- like. So Mine's a much older version. I think it was like well, yeah. 2004, 2010. Yeah. So mine would have been kind of the, the, the same that I had before this. So just to anybody that's listening, if we reference pages, just know that you may have to flip one or two pages back or forth, which, you know, if you're that involved with this, I don't think you'll have an issue with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's a good, that's a good practical call. Cause I didn't even thought, thought about that. So thank you, sir. Um, a second thought that I had was, you know, we talk about, um, life decisions. And again, I think we're going to, we're going to flesh all this out as we get deeper into the book. Um, sometimes hearing from God is just hearing him say, I love you. Sometimes hearing from God is just simply him saying, I forgive you. Uh, it may be even a combination of those two. I don't care what you've done, or maybe I don't care, but I've forgiven you for what you've done. I'm bigger than that. And I still love you. Um, the things that we can hear from God go much beyond, um, our decision-making, uh, that nudge to give money to somebody that nudge to go check on a neighbor that nudge to just mention to somebody, Hey, you know, uh, I live my life the way I do because I believe that Jesus died for our sins and there's purpose behind that, you know. So sometimes hearing from God, um, it's just huge. <laughs> we can't even define it. It goes way beyond um, uh, what we can um what we can what we can clearly define. There's so many ways that God speaks to us, so many different things that he has to say to us. Um, and so I don't want to get too narrowed in on that. Um, just, just coming to him when we have to make a decision or we want something, uh, he Mm -hmm. speaks so much more than that to us. 
And then yeah, real quick, um, I just follow up on, on what you just said, if I may. There's another quote, and I don't have the page number for this one because I apparently didn't write it down. Uh, hearing God is but one dimension of a richly interactive relationship, and obtaining guidance is but one facet of hearing God. So, like, yep, we've spent a lot exactly. of time. Yeah, we spent a lot of time talking about the whole decision making process. That's just a portion of hearing God, and hearing God is just a portion of a larger relationship with Him. Um, so, it's it's probably important to keep that it's like a fraction of, you know, a smaller. Part, yeah. So. And that in my book is actually in italics and it's on oh, page nice. 13. So, <laughs> so clearly uh, the editor or whoever thought that was important as well to put it in italics. And, you know, something that, that, that just struck me when, when you were talking earlier um, about your daughter is you know, being angry and talking back, not necessarily being something that you want. And I will just say that my son, who has a disability, mm-hmm. is a very agreeable individual. Um, he has difficulty communicating. And so I think his default mode is to say yes. Uh, he's a people pleaser. Uh, I think we're all people pleasers, but he certainly wants to make people happy. He certainly wants to go with what is going on. And really, I think to some degree, he doesn't care. You know, I think he's kind of like, I'm being included. I'm I'm, I'm good with that. And I will just tell you from my perspective as a dad, at the breakfast table this morning, I was getting frustrated and maybe even upset with him in terms of he wasn't pushing back. Like, I, I, I don't know that I said it this morning, but I think I've uttered, I've uttered the phrases to him, the phrase to him of, would you get mad at me? Would you get angry with me? Would you push back? Would you have an opinion? Would you stand up for yourself? And, um, so I, I do think there's that element with God of, him wanting to know our desires. He's okay with us being angry with him. He's okay with us pushing back and saying, God, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think Dallas even talks about that in the preface of it's not just knowing what God wants, but uh, what we want. And then I think number three was what we want God to do. And so um, I think he desires that from us. And I'll tie that even to what you said in terms of, of growing up and being proper within the church. If we look at the people of faith that are named in the Bible, and I talked about this earlier, I'm, I'm still studying um, Jacob in particular. Um, uh, it, it, correct me proper. if I'm wrong in this. I, I want to say that his, his name even means deceiver mm-hmm. or just the deceptive one or something, something to that effect. And I am just like, I'm really just being blown away by who Jacob was and what he did. And still God used him and chose him to be the father of Israel, you know, changed his name to Israel. He was the father of, of the faith. And so when we look at the people who were truly in relationship with God, there is a constant, there is a con, like a consistent pushing back on God. Mm-hmm. There's a consistent just sort of like, um, and, and I don't even totally con, 
understand the concept of Jacob wrestling with God, you know, a physical wrestling match with God. Like, I, let's go get ready and, to rumble. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but but I think of um, Gideon and and the fleece, and God had given Gideon a very specific answer on on something, and Gideon. Mm multiple times goes back to God with, well, do it this way. And then I'll know it's true. Okay. Well, tomorrow do it this way. And he's specifically talking about do on the fleece and not on the fleece and, and all these things. And, um, this is something I, I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm passionate about because it gets me fired up. It's just this idea of, I think we have a, a fear of and, and and maybe it is again if you grew up in the church, particularly if you grew up in the evangelical church, of we're supposed to act a certain way, we're supposed to obey the rules, we're supposed to do the right thing. And the Bible is just full of people who knew God, were in that kind of conversational relationship with him, where they push back from God, push back on God and what he says to do, or they ask for more signs, they ask for clarification, and um Again, I think I'm preaching to myself a little bit in terms of just God is okay with that. He wants our authentic selves. He wants us to come before him and to uh, maybe metaphorically wrestle with him in the answer that we've heard and what we feel like he's telling us to do. Um, because we talk about a relationship or being in conversation and hearing God, it is not just this submissive I hear you and then I do. He wants to know our hearts and what we desire as well. And he wants some of that, our perspective on things. So those were just all thoughts that ran through my mind when you were talking. And um, I'm sure you now have your own thoughts. <laughs> on what yeah. I and, said, so. No, I, I agree completely with it. And, the, and I just, the reason I said I don't necessarily like it or want my kid to talk back and yell at me is because... I don't want to get yelled at by fire. <laughs> That's just me being, you know. Yeah, no, like, I, I, I get what you yeah, were, what no, you were God, saying. God yeah. can handle it. Sometimes <laughs> I just need to not be yelled at by a five-year-old because, you know, it's been a day. Especially and I don't want to then do yell at a fighter. Especially yeah, exactly. when you do know better and they need to do what you're telling them to do. Yeah. Yeah. And Which I'm is, sure God's yeah. the same way with us. Like, just listen to me. I'm telling you. I'm giving you uh -huh. clear. <laughs> Yeah, whatever the whatever the spiritual version of I want candy for breakfast is. <laughs> no, you cannot. No, that have is not good for you. Chocolate for breakfast. I'm sorry. But I get chocolate chips in my pancakes. Yeah, occasionally. Occasionally. That's why it's a treat. Yes. Anyways. <laughs> She's a good kid. She just really likes chocolate. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So, yeah, I, I, I have to tell you, this is I'm glad we, we've chosen to do this. I'm excited for uh, obviously the Bible is rich and we've spent seven plus years on it. But I'm excited to do something a little different. And uh I don't know. I'm excited. It gets me fired up. Indeed. 
It does. So that's uh, that's the preface, folks. There's there's plenty we didn't talk about. It wasn't no, very there's long. There's so much more in there. <laughs> it's yeah, like <laughs> we're uh, we're at about forty five minutes, so I think we're gonna yeah call it quits for uh, for this episode. But we will be back next time with uh, our thoughts on chapter one. And depending on how that goes, it may be one episode. It may be more. It just depends on how much there is to talk about. We're not, we're not too strict about that stuff around here. So we're just going to roll with it, you know? And if we got some chapters that are one episode and some that are more, then that's cool with us. Right, yep. Dave? Absolutely. Because yeah, I didn't talk to you about that. I just said it out loud and I drag you uh, there with me. So that's, uh, that's the deal for uh, this one. <clears throat> We'll be back next time, like I said, with uh, chapter one and uh, show notes for this episode can be found at supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash two zero three. And there's links to the books that we talked about and ways to say hi, should you want to. And, um, well, that's it. Yeah. Farewell. Till next time. See you next time. Bye.